everyone, and welcome to the very first of our teachings as we move into Life Hubs. What I want to unpack over the next three Sundays with you is the heart journey, heart culture, and understanding what it is for all of us to genuinely be on that journey that we talked about last Sunday of coming to maturity and coming to fullness. And how do we do that together as a community? And the Life Hubs that you're now going into are a key vehicle to help us do that. But to set a foundation for all of that, I wanna continue from where I left off last Sunday, talking about maturity and fullness, and start talking about, uh, particularly this week, setting a foundation for why do we talk about the heart? Why the heart? Why, why, why are we so you know, almost obsessed um, with this thing called the heart? So I want to talk about the heart a little bit this week. Next week, I want to unpack what it means to be on a heart journey. And then in the third week, um, as we take out to the end of the month of March, I want to look at how do we build heart culture as a community and as a family. So the first thing I want to say about this is simply this, that life is lived from the heart that your life is a manifestation or an outflow of what is going on in your heart. Life is lived from the heart, and as such, all kingdom matters are matters of the heart. If you look through Proverbs, Proverbs talks about the heart a lot. I want to read a few verses to you right now just to get an idea of how important this thing called the heart is. Jesus talked about the heart as well, um, and we'll hear at least one from him. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Out of the heart flow the issues of life. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flow the issues of life. Some versions say it is the wellspring of life. But when the Bible says to do something all else, above all else, so above all else, guard your heart, that's obviously a pretty important piece of instruction and wisdom. And by guarding your heart, you choose with heaven's wisdom, what you let in and what you let out. You have control over that. No one else controls the condition of your heart. You control the condition of your heart. So above all else, guard your heart for from it flow the issues of life. In other words, your life is lived from the heart and is ultimately a manifestation of what's in your heart. Jesus said in Luke chapter six, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what continually comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what is in your heart. And we know that life and death is in the power of the tongue. But if what comes out from your tongue is a manifestation of what's in your heart, then if we deal with it first there, rather than always to control our mouth, if we deal with it there first, then what's going to come out of our heart is always going to be sweet and full of life. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say trust in the Lord with all your mind, with all your thinking, even with all your understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's a deeper thing. Proverbs 12, 25, an anxious heart weighs a man down. So the condition of the heart actually affects the entirety of your body. Now we see that again in Proverbs 14, 30, where it says a heart at peace gives life to the body. We also see in Proverbs 15, 13, that heartache crushes the spirit. And then Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine. In other words, the condition of your heart can actually impact the whole of your body, the whole of your being. 
And then Proverbs 28, 14, a warning as we head to the end of Proverbs is that he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. Now, if you think about when God spoke to the children of Israel, one of the things that he often said about them was despite the miracles that they had seen, despite the signs and wonders that God had performed in their midst, that they had hard hearts. See, God spoke to the condition of their heart. And the condition of their heart actually had a a really large determining factor in how God was able to work with them and how God was able to, to deal with them and to move through them and to bless them. So all kingdom matters are matters of the heart. This is why we're focusing on the heart. And also the heart is where we experience life's joy. It's also where we experience life's pain. And it is also where our pain gets stored if we don't know how to process it effectively. But our life is lived from the heart. And I want to suggest that a healed and whole heart naturally behaves constructively and naturally behaves in a kingdom way. Too often we're too focused in the church on behavior, on the things that we do and on the things that we say. Don't do that. Do do that. Don't say that. Do say that. But all of that is an overflow of our heart. So if we actually work on the heart and all of the, what we would call behavioral issues are usually a result of brokenness in our heart, not fallenness in our spirit. That whole fallenness thing is dealt with. That was dealt with at the cross. We're we're actually not fallen anymore once we're in Christ. We're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So our behavior, when our behavior isn't what we would say is kingdom, the issue is not that I'm fallen. The issue is I'm broken. And therefore, the answer is not to go on some kind of behavior modification program. The answer is actually get healing happening in your heart, getting the love of God actually touching those places in your heart that are hurting and broken. And then once that is healed and whole, you naturally behave constructively. Now, again, why, why, why do we talk about the heart so much? And why are we interested in, um, I guess, this really intimate relationship with the Father, this intimate relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the key metaphors that Scripture uses to talk about the church is that of a bride. Now, if you think about the relationship between a bride and a groom, between a husband and the wife, it's actually the most intimate of connections. It's the most intimate of relationships. It is the most vulnerable of relationships. There are things that happen. There are things that your husband or wife knows about you, does with you, that doesn't happen with any other human being um, on the planet. So... That relationship is not only intimate, but it's experiential. It's not a cognitive thing. And we've, Deb and I have seen many couples um, over the years where one of the things is where the passion, the life, the experience has just kind of gone out and we're just operating out of our head. Um, that's usually something that people seek out help for because they want their relationship to be experiential and full of life and love flowing between them. That's what it's meant to be like between us and the Father. It's this intimate, experiential connection. In the church, we've done a really good at training people to have a cognitive relationship with Jesus. We've taught people to really get into the Word and to understand the Scriptures and um, to get into good teaching. And And all of that is really, really good stuff. But unless it is a heart engagement, then we've missed a key part of what relationship with God is all about. Jesus actually said to the Pharisees in John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40, he said to the Pharisees, you diligently study the scriptures thinking 
that in them they contain life. But then he says, but these scriptures speak of me and yet you refuse to come to me and have life. In other words, your relationship with the scriptures is meant to be one that opens you up to a new and a deeper experience of God. It's not just a cognitive head trip, just like the Pharisees were thinking that simply by studying the scriptures and getting that stuff into you and it's good stuff, getting that into you, that that was the end of the game. But that wasn't the end game at all. The end game of the scripture is to lead you to a person and to an experiential relationship with a person. I talked about last Sunday when the Bible, especially the New Testament, uses the word know. We think cognitive knowing, but that word for know is the word gnosko, which is often used to describe you know, when a man knows a woman or when a woman has known a man. In other words, it's actually describing an intimate physical relationship. Um, and, and that is experiential. That's not just a, a cognitive thing. So when it talks about knowing the Father, knowing God, knowing Jesus, it's an experiential interaction. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 17, it says that the writer of Proverbs is saying, apply your heart to what I teach you. Apply your heart to what I teach you. Not apply your head to what I teach you, but apply your heart to what I teach you. In other words, anything that you learn from Scripture is something that's meant to be applied to the heart first and foremost, and then our heart leads our head. Our heart will take us places that our mind can't comprehend. But if we are needing to comprehend everything that we are told by the Father, then we are living a life where we are in control rather than He is in control. So apply your heart to what I teach. So to bring this week to an activation point, I want to ask you a question. I want you to really reflect and to ponder on this question as you come into Life Hubs on Sunday. And the first question is simply this. How much of your relationship with God would you say is genuinely experiential in nature rather than cognitive in nature? How much of your relationship would you say is genuinely experiential? So what do I mean by that? Well, a few things. For one thing, do you tangibly sense and feel his presence? Do you tangibly sense and know when he's manifesting his presence around you? Do you hear his voice? Are you able to have a conversation with him where he speaks to you, where you speak back? Or is your relationship simply, your, your prayer relationship simply one where you feel like you're talking to God, but really you're just kind of talking to the air and hoping something might happen as distinct from this, this dynamic two-way communication? We talked before about scripture reading. Does your reading of scripture actually unlock an experience of him or does it just kind of stimulate my mind? Now, having my mind and my thinking challenged and changed, that's an important part of the kingdom and that, that's for an, another time. Um, it's an important part of the kingdom, but we're meant to live heart first. We're meant to live experientially first. So does your reading of scripture actually unlock a deeper experience of him and a deeper connection to him? Um, or is it just purely stimulating my mind? Do I ultimately interact with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit? Do I interact with him day to day, just as I go about my normal everyday life, where I'm talking to him, where he's talking to me, where I sense his leading, I sense his prompting? So to what degree would you say that your relationship with God is genuinely experiential in nature? 
Now, for me, I always want to go further, no matter how much of my relationship with God is experiential. I always want more. I want a deeper experience of Him. I want to know and experience His love. Um, that Paul said that His love that surpasses knowledge. It surpasses this, this mental kind of head trip. I want to know that more. I want to know that more. And I want to be always going deeper into an experience. Now, Scripture forms an incredibly important part in that experience because if we're just relying on experience without being grounded and anchored in Scripture, then we become open to deceptive and, and false experiences. So I'm not kind of talking about going down that line. I'm not talking about throwing out Scripture. I am talking about, though, is having a relationship with a person. Let me finish with this thought. We put a lot of emphasis and a lot of weight on Scripture, and so we should. You know, it, it, is, it is divinely inspired. It is, it is heaven's love letter to us, and we should absolutely spend plenty of time in the Scriptures. But I want you to think about the early church for a moment. The Scriptures that we have, particularly the New Testament, they didn't have those scriptures. They didn't have them in written form. They were actually being written as their life was being lived out, particularly in the book of Acts, which we read now is part of our scriptures. They didn't have that. So if we want to see the kind of church, the kind of impact that the early church got, then we can't love a book that they didn't have more than his presence whom they did have. So what we're calling each other into, and we're calling each other into this as a community, and, and in our hubs, we're going to be provoking this and, and praying for each other toward this, is to go deeper into an experiential relationship with our Father God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, where we know Him. We don't just know about Him. We don't just understand some things about Him. We know Him. So just stop as we finish this now and just go, to what extent is my relationship with him genuinely experiential? I want you to reflect on that. Talk to the Father about it. And then when we get together this Sunday, we look forward to praying for each other and just praying for each other that we will move into a deeper experience of him. Bless you and we'll see you then. 